Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. If you want to appreciate how, how pain avoidant we are related to the dreams we have, all you got to do is look at spectator sports. We love to watch excellence. We are a culture of excellence dreamers and excellence watchers, not excellence beers and doers. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Do you think of excellence as a noun, something that can be pursued and earned through enough effort, or as a verb, something you practice and strive for every day? I'd suggest it's the latter, an orientation to life rather than a discrete achievement. But we're not conditioned to practice excellence. We're watchers and dreamers, and for the most part, people are content with simply dreaming about and spectating excellence. But I don't want to just dream of excellence and I don't want you to either. I also don't want you to walk the road of excellence alone. As we discussed in the last episode, good managers facilitate change. So in the practice of excellence, we have to learn how to be managed. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. I've noticed there's there's uh, two pains. When you first started talking about pain, I was thinking of a pain that someone's already in. And then uh, Thomas's question brought up to me the idea of uh, choosing pain that maybe you're not in already, but you can see that it would be you would be going into pain to get something that you did want, which might come from hunger without pain. So there's a couple different ways I think you can yes. think. Yeah, there's a lot of variations. Someone might be in pain already. Someone might want something and not realize that they're going to have to pay some pain prices to get it. They may not be in enough pain about something, but they're in some pain about it. So it's like when you're helping yourself or someone else change with all three of these, but especially pain, you want to locate where the person is at. How bad do they want it? So you want to compete in the Olympics? Okay. Are you willing to train 10 hours a day to get that? Because that's going to (laughs) hurt. No, you want to sit on the couch and eat potato chips? Okay. Not good enough. Yeah, the part about uh, pain pain, being in pain and pain avoidance is uh, just sounds like a Sandler sales training um, foundations class. Uh Because there's no sale without pain. Yep. and you know the thing, whole thing is is going into what they call the pain funnel and finding out what that pain is and whether you know you can do something about. It. Yeah, exactly. If you want to appreciate how how pain avoidant we are related to the dreams we have, all you got to do is look at spectator sports. 
which is an enormous multi-billion dollar industry, right? We love to watch excellence. Watch. (laughs) We are a culture of excellence dreamers and excellence watchers, not excellence beers and doers. We want to watch people do amazing things that they work their asses off to be able to do from the comfort of our couch eating potato chips. That's the culture. And in between the segments of watching the excellence, advertisers will offer us more ways to be comfortable to allay the pains that we may be in. That's it. And then we watch the person catch the football at 80 yards or you know, run the 100 meters in under 10 seconds. And we go, man, I wish I could do that. No, you don't. You don't because you're not willing to pay the price. Because part of that is pain. So what people really mean when they look at that and say, oh man, I wish I could do that. What they're really saying inside themselves is, I wish I could do that without having to pay the price. Hey, I wish BLTs grew on trees. But that's not reality. But it's a cool idea, right? (laughs) I understand what you're saying. And I think there's probably certainly an element of that. But I think there's also an element of appreciation of excellence. Yeah. Like I can't do art the -hmm. way that some people do. And I I don't want to. (laughs) Uh Yeah, certainly. (laughs) But I can can certainly appreciate somebody that can though. For sure. And and so there are plenty of people who are in excellence and are uh, enjoy watching other people do excellent things that are amazing. When I have a carpenter working for me, I stand behind them watching because that's magic to me. Wow, you you cut it after only measuring once. That's incredible. Go ahead, so, oh, can you do, can you have uh, true hunger if you don't have pain? Like, if somebody's just uneasy or uncomfortable, are they ever going to have enough hunger to really make the take the risk or strive for change? That's a great question. Thank you for that. Yeah, I think they kind of move in this infinity sort of way. You can have a dream without being in pain. But hunger is the way, because I use that word intentionally, because hunger has pain in it, right? There's like, uh, I need something. So I, I, I agree. I think real hunger has pain in it, but it's useful to break it out because sometimes the hunger is just more of a passing dream and there's not a real angst about it. Or I, even as she asked that question, the thought in my head was, Oftentimes, instant, there's a need for instant gratification. Can sure, and, or maybe that's a film over the hunger or something. A film, know. lovely, nice. That's vivid. An instant gratification film over the longer term hunger. Nice. Mm-hmm. Could it be that in some cases also the things that you really desire to do are not painful at all to mm-hmm. you because that exercise in pain is not painful? Then it's not excellence. I don't like. Let's say. Uh, let's talk. Let's let's say. Speak in musical terms. If you're trying to, you know, get through some sort of scale or or run through something or, or even your ear training or so on and so forth, the going through it may not be painful, even though it's challenging. But it's more exciting. It's more exhilarating than than painful, mm-hmm. as opposed to running 100 meters in under 10 seconds, in my case, personally, that would be painful. <laughs> okay. 
Um, well, certainly we would want the individual to frame the challenge as being enjoyable. But I would say if, if they're not going past the enjoyment and into discomfort, like if I sit down and practice guitar, I can do that for 30 minutes or even an hour and avoid pain and I'm getting better, right? But if I don't challenge myself on certain things that actually cause physical and mental pain, I'm not getting as better as I could. Okay. Right? Like speed exercises, they hurt. Endurance, like, you know, ask in any musical instrument, if you're not pushing yourself to the point of physical pain, you're not pushing yourself as hard as you could. And you, therefore, you will not get as good as you could get. It's just a simple fact. So, certainly, there's a zone, and it's not mediocrity. I'd say it's a zone of like goodness, but not greatness. Okay. Fair enough. But it's a so, good distinction. Tying this back to working out, like when you, how do you know when it's a good pain or not? I guess that, that's the. That's the question. It's hard to, I just can't wrap my mind around that. So. It's wicked hard, as we used to say in Massachusetts. Yeah, that's the question. I mean, you whatever you're doing, I mean, that's that. It's the, it's the same question as, can I do more? Can I play bigger? What do I have a greater capacity? You know. So what I would say to that is, just know what your tendency is. Do you tend to push yourself too hard? You know, I pushed myself so hard in a weight room four years ago, I spent two years rehabbing a frozen shoulder as a result of an injury. So I know in the domain of physicality, I tend to push myself too hard. Most people don't. Most people err on the other side. So just know what your tendency is. And it can depend on domain. With guitar, I don't push myself hard enough because I'd rather feel the pain of a squat than pit the, what, I, what a friend of mine called fingertip labor like sewing or, oh God, makes me want to throw up. Fingertip labor for the mind. So know your tendency. And that's where a coach can help, of course. That's where outside feedback can help. And that leads directly to coachability, right? Because how to find your pain threshold can be greatly aided by someone who's watching you and you, you know, you're doing your guitar hammer-ons or whatever for 20 seconds until your fingers start to burn. And your guitar teacher says, oh, you can do that for a minute. Just do it every day for a week. You'll get there. How do I know? Because I did. You'll be able to get there. Right? So someone who's walked that path before can help you do that. Or someone who knows you in some way that you don't. Victor? Yeah, I guess my question is, what is excellence? Because if it's an undeterminable goal, then you'll never meet it. And that creates a shitty feedback loop. Only if you're not, if you have, if you bring a shame projection to it. So excellence is an asymptote. Remember asymptote? That's the curve that gets closer and closer to a line, but never reaches it. Excellence is an asymptote because you can never know what the best you have to offer is. So you could never be excellent then by that definition? 
I would say excellence is an, an orientation and I would think of it more as a verb rather than an adjective or a noun. So you could say in one way, you, 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 you're never as excellent as you could be. But if you're always asking the question, how can I do better? Then that's an excellence mode that you're operating in. So how is that different from, I remember, uh, I think it was Benj- Benjamin Franklin and the, his pursuit of perfection. And when he stopped, he said, it's not worth it because I'm phrasing, but basically I can't get there and uh, I can't relate to people anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Benjamin Franklin was a really interesting guy. And uh, for those of you who know the Enneagram, he was a one. So he was obsessed with perfectionism. Now, there's a huge difference between perfectionism and excellence because excellence is about doing something better and better and better. Perfection is about attaining something that is impossible. Perfectionism is self-abuse because there's no such thing as perfect. perfect. Perfectionism doesn't ask, how can I do better? And then you do better and then you celebrate it. Perfectionism is... How can I make this perfect? And then anything that falls short creates a shame trigger, which is what Victor was pointing to. And so we're making a linguistic distinction here, but really it has to do with how you relate to it. If your self-worth as a human being is connected to how well you do something, you're screwed. Can't be. And that's a tricky thing. A lot of people fall into that. You're just as worthy as every other human being on the planet, whether you can run a 100 meter in under 10 seconds or whether it takes you 45 seconds. But you might be a slow runner. But that doesn't mean you're invalid as a human being. Now, that sounds obvious. One sec, Sam. That sounds obvious, but many people don't relate to it that way. And they get hooked into this... like. Um, Many people like, how many of you can relate to at the end of the day, you evaluate your own self-worth based on how much you got done that day. And if a lot of yourself, uh, and if a lot of your tasks aren't crossed off, you kind of feel like a failure. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, Know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.